domination of Silicon Valley. Project Main Strike. A secret plan. For which each of you will pay me $100 million. And a secret weapon. We're not sure about her. Name's Mayday. Someone will take care of you. Oh, you'll uh, see to that personally, will you? There's only one man who can stop them. still under arrest. In the world of high adventure, the highest number is still 007. With Tanya Roberts, Grace Jones, and Christopher Walken. (laughs) Has James Bond finally met his match? Find out this summer in A View to a Kill. Title song performed by Duran Duran. Hello and welcome to part two of our retrospective of 1985. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mark C. Kelly. And I'm Peter Coleman. And this is Waffle On Podcast. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, Welcome to the show. As you can tell, we've got our regular guest 
presenter with us, Peter, the librarian Coleman. Welcome to the show, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's nice of you to have me. That's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And Cal, what are we talking about today? <sighs> <laughs> we are talking about A View to a Kill. And, and what do we do before we talk about the film? Play some sort of music. Yeah.
Duran Duran there. Uh, you like Duran Duran. Well, yeah. you like that version. Of, well, you like that theme tune, don't you? Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, they were like my favourite band in the 80s. I thought... Uh, because I thought I was going to grow up to look like Simon Le Bon. But I was fucking mistaken. Yeah. Bon Bon more like, with the size of you. <laughs> Don't start the... that malarkey. <laughs> fucking Val Doonican over there. We are going to... Actually, we'll have a selfie in a bit later on. And, uh, you can, uh, I'll show the audience what I am actually wearing. <laughs> which I find is very Bondian. Pete, you have a bit of a, uh, a love for this film. Uh, do you want to tell us the reason why? I'm involved right. in that as well. But is it real love or is it ironic love? It's real love. I think uh, it comes down to a few reasons. It comes down to a few really nicely connected reasons. Firstly, I'm going to hark. Love a hark. Yeah, hark. Hark. I shall hark back. Um, I'm fairly sure. You know how you sometimes get false memories. I'm fairly sure this was the first Bond film I saw at the cinema. It was either this or Octopussy, and I can't remember which way round it. Mm. Obviously, Octopussy came first, but... Um, this I'm fairly sure I saw in the cinema, and I'm sure I saw it as part of a school trip, a oh, wow. school outing. We'd all, yeah, we'd all been taken to Scotland, hmm. um, and obviously it was raining, yeah. because that's what happens. Yeah. Um, and we'd all been bundled into the into the cinema. We ended up watching this, which I thought was yeah, it was amazing. Obviously, when you're ten, mm. that's that that's properly uh, it's exactly the kind of film you want to watch when you're ten. But then fast forward to when I was not 10, um, <laughs> we'd gone to Australia. Yeah. Hadn't we? Uh, we had. For a, a mutual friend's wedding. This was in 2013. Yeah. I can't believe it was that long ago. I know. That seems to <laughs> so, have just yeah. flown by that. Age. So, yeah, 11 years ago. Um, and we had a brilliant day of day drinking <laughs> in the Storybridge Hotel in yep. Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And. It was one of those bars where they had a big screen and they'll just put whatever on during the day. And we turned up there about opening time and a view to a kill yeah. was screening silently, but mm. just yeah, providing some moving wallpaper yeah. for the for the rest of the bar's dealings. And we stayed in there till pretty much done. Yeah. Which means we probably saw a view to a kill silently yeah. about seven times it was seven times because the weird thing was I remember looking up and seeing the same scene all the time no one changed the film yeah it just kept on long didn't it which well, also, it was pretty much just us in the bar which most a, of it yeah. did it ever come across your mind you could be dead <laughs> <laughs> and you could because that is like I'm a dead and I'm just okay. living a loop yeah, it's not a bad place to be. No, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, you turn up there, you spend the day drinking lovely beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, having a good old. Yeah, chat. it could have been like your version of Valhalla. Because yeah. I made the Viking Valhalla, they partied all day, mm. died of a night, and then woke up the next day and partied and just lived the day over and over again, and that's their heaven. I think that sounds perfect heaven to yeah. me. I know, and as with my uh, with my DNA, Norway. Norwegian background and you know Northern Europe, it'll be uh, fine with my big beard as well. I think I'm going to go for it. It's very good. What are you shaking your head for over there? You got what? <laughs> Fucking two percent does not make you Norwegian. Twelve. Fucking twelve. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, you, <clears throat> did you see this at the, at the cinema? Like you, I, it was one of them two. Mm. I can't remember because. I must have, because I was going to, that's where my love of cinema come from. My mum would mm. take me all the bloody while, and she knew the guy in the cinema, and that's where she'd get me in all the illegal films, which is really bad when you think about it. You know what she used to do? She used to take me in, then go out and go to the pub, and leave me on my own in the cinema. <laughs> right, classic, think back. Classic, I, 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 never did me any harm. Well, 
Well, mm. <laughs> my wife says, yeah, you're quite desensitized to violence at a very early age, but it's all right, isn't it? No, I, de- I definitely saw it at the cinema because my first Bond film was Octopussy at the cinema. Mm-hmm. And I've seen every single Bond film that's been released at the cinema. And it's the only franchising that I've ever seen every single one. You know, oh, oh. From, well, from that, from like, you know, when he's come out. What about Die Hard? Oh, that's a point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw Die Hard. Mm-hmm. I've seen every Die Hard. Harry, every Harry Potter. Every Lord Indiana Jones, no, because we're... I've seen... No, I saw Temple of Doom. Yeah. Didn't see Vaders, obviously, because that was 1981, wasn't it? That's a really... What about you? Can you think of any franchise with all the... Oh, um... No, I think... Yeah, uh... No. Star Wars, obviously, four, five, and six, if we're being literal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember... Ember Empire. Yeah, and I remember that there were lots lots of cinemas that did the double bill. Mm. So you could go and see, you know, Star Wars, Empire, and then, you know, and, and then a few years later mm. you could go and uh, go and see Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was really nice to see that in that environment. Um, but Ghost I think for Ghostbusters. Because there has yes. been four, well, well, there will be four, won't there? Yeah, yeah. Not, not Are you classing the... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> we all make mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thing is, though, that's actually, it's not actually a bad film. It's just it? what it is. It's just the way it's, it's done. Just it unfortunately, they didn't link it to the. They could have added another like franchise. Said, another franchise. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So we're talking about View to a Kill, directed by the wonderful John Glenn, screenplay by Richard Melbourne and Michael G. Wilson. Um, <clears throat> As I say, he made quite a bit of money with the car. I think he has a, uh, made around about 153 million, which is no. Was it big no budget? Were these big budget then, no, or was the budget really. being? No, cut? about 20, 20 million. Because in the 80s, the budget started going down, didn't they? Yeah, that's the reason why Living Daylights and Lost to Kill is not as, you know, thing about. It. But yeah, so we got uh, Roger Moore in the main role of this. Yeah. We talked about Roger before, but let's just go over. He's born 14th of October 1927, passed away in 2017, aged 89. Uh, Tanya Roberts, uh, born Victoria. Lay Blum, October 15th, 1949. Uh, and she, passed, she was from New York. Oh. Uh, passed away 2021, yeah. aged 71. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grace Jones, uh, born Grace Beverly Jones, 19th of May 1948 in Jamaica. Uh, she's now 75. The wonderful Patrick McNee, uh, born Daniel Patrick McNee, 6th of February 1922. Uh, so he was five years older than uh, what? Rachel. He passed away in 2015, aged 93, so he's, he's dead. And Christopher Walken, born uh, Ronald Walken, March the 31st, 1943. Ronald, Ronald Walken, yeah. Uh, he is aged 80 years old. Uh, cameo appearance, Dolph Lundgren, plays one of General Gogol's KGB, KGG, KGB agents. And, of course, Michael G. Wilson does his usual pop up somewhere in the film which is his <laughs> thing to do but uh, there you go um, I think I do have the budget yeah the budget was 30 million dollars and it made 152.4 million Fuck, yeah. which is a massive bad thing uh, released, keep making them. released on the 22nd of May 1985 in San Francisco 24th of May 85 general in the United States and we had it later the 13th of June 1985 that so, makes sense it's a full on summer blockbuster it is really, it's a proper blow I always thought Bond films should be blockbuster the films hmm. um, so Pete you made some notes during as we watched it uh, I didn't because I'm no, that's because we don't do that. that's not uh, that I normally do notes but uh, one I forgot my pen uh, <laughs> and two there's no point in having two people doing doing loads of notes um, Patrick McNee Tibbet as he's glassing his, as he's, yeah. his manservant although he is of course sir 
uh, in his work. Do you make him out to be a good a good companion if you want to have that? I think so. You've got um, in many ways this is a Bond film where you get pretty much dream casting. Mm. Um, you know, I think that there's fewer finer Bond villains than Christopher no, Walken. Yeah, it's best. I think he's the best thing in it. I think it's the best thing in it. Would you say he's the best thing in it or his hair's the best thing in it? Considering how much you've been going on about his hair. Yeah, well, my two favourite things is hair and the monocle. <laughs> the monocle. <laughs> They're the two things I take from yeah. re-watching this film. Yeah. It's like, I'll be thinking about that haircut for a long time. <laughs> and the monocle. And the monocle. <laughs> because it was that person's number one raison d'etre in life was to make sure he was wearing that monocle at all bloody times. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Dr. Carl. Yeah, mm. yes. And and that that's really interesting. Not very exploited backstory. No, no, I would have liked to have saw, yeah, yeah, a prequel. The prequel to the monocle. Put the prequel to the monocle. Not about zombie, but just about the prequel about the monocle. Considering lots of the other things that have been considered in terms of spin offs from Bond films, mm. the, the Zorin origin story It'd be great. would have been quite fun. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of here. the whole thing about Zorin in this film. It is briefly mentioned, and, and, and Bond mentions it again, the fact that he's part of a genetic experiment. Yeah. You know, still using the... the you know, yeah. We've got a mad German scientist. Yeah, yeah. And you've got the racehorses, which are kind of like, for no apparent reason, that they're brought into just to add yeah, a bit yeah. of padding in the film. It is obviously based on a short story in uh, Fleming's world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not really picked up on no, time no. because one is 1985 and he's still doing genetic experiments to produce the best yeah, Aryan yeah. race. Yeah, he? He's yeah, got yeah. blonde hair, he's got white skin and all this kind of stuff. He ticks all well, the thing is, you'd have like, in the, like, a couple of years, you had, the, you, had, you, know, you had the boys from Brazil, didn't you? Which was a really, and that was messing with the same kind of thing, wasn't mm. it? In a more realistic way. So I always think a lot of Bond, there's a lot of exploitation in Bond. Yeah. whatever's big at the time or stories like, they'll try and get it into the film and they're well, the bits I like about Bond. yeah I mean Moonmaker is a classic example Ex- well, Star, Star yeah, Wars about Star Wars, of money. Yeah, and the space show you know and, and all this kind of stuff Which I'll tell you right now though do you think you could do like a Bond adjacent film couldn't you like I like that when they do that with things when mm. you've got like an adjacent storyline I think like the sewing adjacent storyline it'd be really good because you could end it at the start of that Ding, and I think, why has no one ever done I know because they own the rights, but surely when you're doing a Jason storyline, you can get round that kind of Well, like the build up to Zion having yeah, his plan of flooding yeah. Silicon Valley. Mm. I think mm. it's showing out why, why, you know, him being a kid, mm. you could have him growing up. I'd love that, like, like a coming of age story. <laughs> <laughs> of a psychopath. Psychopath, yeah. Like the Wonder Years. Yeah. Like the Wonder Years, I put about a psychopath. A psychopathic Wonder Years. <laughs> I quite like the idea of that, just like a badly wonder yes. Yeah. I think that'd be an I think that'd be an interesting thing to do. Well didn't the say they can do this now because now Amazon have got them rights. Mm. They've got the rights to the work now, haven't they? Yeah. And so what why not? Do I think as long as Michael Wilson and Barbara um Broccoli. Broccoli are still around. Yeah. I think that they're going to hold on to it. Hold on to it. But when they're gone, that's when things are off the table then because that's why change then. Very deregulated, I think, at that point, potentially. And there's a lot of stuff to go at. There's a lot of potential for really good things to come out of it. And there's a lot of potential for really fast things to come yeah. out of it, but, which I mean, are that, not going to be good things. The yeah. thing is, I think, as long as they've got control of it, I mean, we saw that with Star Trek. I mean, once Roddenberry died, 
exactly. Star Trek was able to branch out and do and some do really cool stuff as opposed to, you know, that oh, it's got to stick to this kind of routine yeah, of what yeah. Star Trek's known as. I think as soon as you get, it could be the fact that they could be holding Bond back. Yeah, you yeah. know, you, you don't know the ins and outs of it because at the moment there's nothing going on with Bond twenty six. We've yeah, heard yeah. nothing but, about that. What about the young Bond books? I've done my Charlie Higson. Yeah, I think I can't that is something I'd love to see. I, I'd like to see that. I mean, the thing is, I read the comics. Right, I have the, the Dynamite comics, and they are they are superb books. They are absolutely mm. superb, really good. There's so many plen- so many stories in there that there's no reason why we couldn't have it. Have you listened to that Devil May Care yet, that I lent you? I've, got, I've been listening to it on and off. I listened to it about an hour. I've been doing about half an hour when I'm doing yeah. modelling. That's an odd. That's a perfect Bond film. Uh, in my mind, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Well, look, look, do you remember the game on the PS4? Yeah. That, they had a game on the PS4 and it was called, uh, what was it? I can't remember it's called now. And it was like an original story. And we said at the time that we made it. It wasn't a PS4, it was the PS4? Cube. Cube, whatever it was. Cube. And I mean, it was such an amazing story. And we were saying it was better than all the Bond stuff that come out at the time, but because they had a, a licensing law, they weren't allowed to put mm. it into canon. Mm. And I think that kind of stuff, I, I, I think it, mm. I don't like Precious and Sova canon, yeah. I don't. I know people get caught up in that, especially the world we're in. People are too bothered about canon. Yeah. To me, yeah, if you don't like it, what they do with it, don't watch it. So, so, interesting Just fact, don't watch it. This film was the first one to first Bond film to be associated with a computer game. This view to a girl was. I don't that. Was that must have been a spectrum, it would have been a spectrum. spectrum game? Yeah, yeah. Professional Commodore, one of those ones. Oh, so we have Patrick Nee, who, who most people mm. will know him through the Avengers uh, and the new Avengers. I'm sure he's been in various other things as well. I'm it, it a big a real, fan of him. It is a real joy to see John Steed yeah. and James Bond in the same in frame. The same frame. But um, I just think their relationship, Roger Moore and Patrick Nee, obviously have had a very good relationship with each other because they're, they're ripping off each other and the whole thing of him you know saying oh hurry up to it stop wheezing will you and all yeah. this kind of stuff and oh, hurry up and stop you know all this kind of stuff I think it's brilliant and I, I didn't like the fact that he gets killed in it I mean it's I think that's probably a good thing though it's a good bit of writing because the fact that you like his character so yeah, much yeah, yeah. and you see Mayday pop up and kill him he's like uh, he's you know it's a horrible thing yeah, but yeah. that's also really conjecture to the way Bond handles Mayday at the end of the film because if he killed my mate, she killed my mate, I'd let her die. Yeah, exactly. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But they're going to say, no, if he let her die, his plan would have succeeded. So it's a yin and a yang, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Really. Um, Bond girls. So, discuss. <laughs> We've been on about this as well. Like, this, we were saying, weren't we? This was the last time you're going to get a Bond girl like this. Hmm. Stacey. Yeah. Actually, pretty useless. Pretty useless. Even though she's supposed to be smart. But I mean, yeah, never comes uh... across as that. She's a geologist, but I think her her last seven lines in the film are James being screamed <laughs> from somewhere. Um, and it does get very repetitive. And it's like, yeah, you do want her to have something more to do. Problem is that Grace Jones is there, which is not just the problem, it's the solution. It's the solution, yeah. Um, mm. But Grace Jones gets an awful lot of the the, the really choice... Well, um, she's the bun girl roles, that yeah. you want, really. Like, so like, later on, that is how bun girls... Like Halle, you know, Halle Berry in as trick. What's she called? Dying of a day, Jinx. Yeah, Jinx. She's like that, mm. smart, but can fucking handle herself. But he's also hot. Because I'm not being sexist about this. It's a prerequisite of a bond girl. You want him to be. I, I know it's mm. people are going to be throwing stuff at the radio <laughs> now. Um, but I still want that. I still want him to be attractive. But I always want him to be. They can handle themselves as well. They don't need bond with this. This is last one where they need bond. They can't do yeah. it on their own. And I thought, well. 
Some yeah, of them, because, especially with their agents, you think, well, you, you're going to be pretty good. You're pretty crap. Yeah, I mean, you, you do get it in the Timothy Dalton ones where they are a bit more useful to a certain degree. And then Pierce Brosnan comes along and then he breaks the mould with Frankie Jansen. Yeah. With Zeno Onatov. She's uh, amazing. Who's amazing. He's absolutely amazing in that. No, she's a threat. Yeah, she's a massive threat to him. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who gets killed by her thighs is well a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she owes a lot to Grace Jones's character. Yeah, in, I think in, it is. In yeah. This, actually, yeah, yeah. Um, and thinking back, there's been, there's been a lot of kind of much better deployed Bond girls in mm. in the past. You think of somebody like Honor Blackman in yeah, exactly, Girl, yeah, Goldfinger. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, she would, yeah, but but in the books, she's lesbian. As Ian, is Fleming, she? as Ian Fleming wrote her. Yeah. Oh, right, I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, yeah. And she said, Sorry to she... let you down. Oh, yeah. Well, it's so improved it. It's improved it. She's clearly a lesbian in Goldfinger. Because she's in charge of the, 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 is it the Viper team, is it? The Flying the, Circus. The, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where you first get the rapey bond. Because yeah, he's yeah. just literally not saying no to an answer. And it's the arrogance of, he goes, well, just because you're gay. I don't know why I did that in a Roger. It's Sean. It's Sean who does that, you know. We've all got Roger's voice now. Yeah, yeah it's all right, yeah, yeah. Roger in the voice. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not a fan of Mayday. I don't like the character and I don't like Grace Jones oh, in this. Yeah. Um, oh, because she can't act. You know, her acting is a force of She's a force of nature. She's a force mm. of nature. Yeah, no, I mean, and you can imagine her sitting down yeah. and reading the script. You can't imagine people just go, right, we want you to be really demure yeah. and really passive. Grace Jones wouldn't do that. No. And that's what I like about it. A character's so big, she do not have to act. It's Grace Jones. Well, she's John, so amazing. I, 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 I think she's amazing in it. John Glenn got her because he saw her in Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, that's she's brilliant. Yeah. And I, I was surprised, actually, when I looked at her IMDb at how many stuff she'd been in. But there's no denying the fact that she's awful as an actress in this. I mean, I mean, there's some bits in it where... I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, Roger's no... I was going to say, Oscar. it's no big I mean, Lawrence Olivier. Because, because he's had, you know, he's had some plastic surgery yeah. done on his face. He's, he looks constantly shocked for himself. <laughs> and he's, he's acting through his eyes and his eyebrows virtually yeah, way yeah, through yeah, because he's, he's too old in it. But there's scenes in it where he's, there is a bit of emotion coming from Roger in this. And he's like acting against uh, Grace Jones and she's just constantly looking... Either trying to look menacing or just wooden, you yeah, know? and it does show, yeah, pretty badly, I think. Yeah. But as a character, brilliant. Yeah, it is. But mm. I, I just think, I think the big red herring in it, it, it is just the age. I can't get past it. Yeah, it just seems like we're talking about this when we've just been watching it. That they had the same problem with Indiana Jones, didn't they? Right, that in that last Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, he's he's too old. So what we're we gonna do? We're going to get him not running. He doesn't have to run anymore. A 65-year-old... Well, I don't know he's older than that, isn't he? He's a uh, Pete. 58. 58, yeah. 58 he, years he, old. He wouldn't be running around. You can yeah. still be an agent, because agents don't retire to the 60. Mm. Right, so... But you're a different agent when you get on. Yeah, but now. he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be a intelligence agent at this He'd be at this back age. in the... He'd be in the office. He'd be back in or the office. Or he'd be probably teaching. Or he he'd be... Um, but just a, yeah, ju- but just a word on the age thing. Um, you know, clearly, uh, he, uh, Roger was at the helm of the franchise from seventy three yeah to eighty five. That's twelve years, which meant he he was forty six. Certainly, when there's uh, when um, mm. oh come on, Live and Let, Live and let, let Die. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, when Live and Let Die came out, yeah. which is spot on for how the character is portrayed in the books. Exactly, that yeah, age is the perfect. Age for a bond, isn't it? It's mm. that late 40s where he's not a child anymore, but he's still got vigour in him mm. to be out. And, 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 and. Well, I think as well, I mean, uh, this is a well, thing. Now, we'd have to have the blue pill. 
He's probably got it in some gadget. Yeah, he's, 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 he's in the back of his phone and he always watches. He's not going to have a penis pump, is he? Come on. That's a gadget keyword. I can make that for Bond. It's a, it's a flashlight. flashlight. <laughs> there was a lot to Austin Powers at this point. <laughs> no, yeah. no, this, that's, don't you think this is the problem? That, that, that was you a talk problem. about yeah, the exorcist, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That you talk about parody so much, it's hard to get back to what it is. And when you talk about this exorcist, mm. you just think of funny stuff. You think of the repossessed and everything. It's really hard to say. And my problem with these ones is there's so much like Austin Powers. Yeah. And he said he loved Bond, and it was like a love letter to Bond. It wasn't having a go at Bond, wasn't it? No, it's not Mike Myers. Unfortunately, some things can sort of like, you know, it's like when you watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you can never watch Camelot again in the same kind of thing, you know. It, no, I even think now Excalibur, the end of Excalibur, yes, Excalibur you yeah. can't take it serious now no. because you think of Holy Grail. Yeah. And also Life of Bind to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there is a thing, is, when, you, when, you, when you suddenly find that, because in this film, um, Timothy Dalton was lined up to play Bond. So it'd be interesting to think of because I think uh, Timothy Dalton I mean Connery's my favourite Bond right but he's the best Timmy is the best he's the best but Timmy Dalton I think is and I'm just fabulous the problem was was the politics of the Dalton years yeah and it was the AIDS AIDS epidemic it changed the Bond too much and I think that's why a lot of people started going away from Bond then I thought well I want him jumping into bed I know it's not right but that's what he does because mm. that's one of his weapons isn't it yeah and Asian really. like men or women they use sex a lot mm. right there's a really good programme called a couple of years called The Americans do you ever see The Americans it's about Russian sleeper agency in America like these long terms there for 20 years and it's about a man and a wife and a husband and in it their main weapon is sex. Mm, surprise. Are... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised. They're not that sufficient to be no, like Didn't but, expect that. Yeah, yeah. But they use that as their way of getting secrets. They don't have to go and beating people up. They sleep mm. with them, men and women. Wasn't that that film with, um, not Jennifer, was it Jennifer Lawrence? Came out. No, that's really uh, Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow. That's the same thing. But if you want a really good series about, mm. there was five seasons of it. And it was such an interesting thing that, like, these and these were this was real, wasn't it? These long term debates they were real. Yeah. They're all in America. They're all in America, and it was really good to see because they were living a normal family life, but they were also spies. Oh, okay. and like, and so they didn't come kill but so they'd slap with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and like I said, the man was like being men and women because yeah. that, that was that you know that's just your weapon. Well, I mean, uh, that's mentioned briefly in uh, with Daniel Craig's one with uh, Fabian. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I always like that line. Yeah, I always like that line. How do you know this is not my first time? Yeah, yeah. Which is because it would be like that. Yeah, I mean, it's happy Belgium. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I think sometimes we have to remember as well that Ian Fleming mentions a lot of this in his books, and Fleming knows better than anyone regarding the Secret Service, especially his experiences and everything like that, and who Bond would be and the techniques that Bond would have used. For stuff like that, you know, exactly seduction, extortion, which is ironic because it's what Spectre actually. Karate chop. Yeah, karate chops, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, karate chops. There's a lot of karate chops in this, and hits at the back of the head, we noted. There's a lot of hits at the back of the head. People are going down like a sack of potatoes. It's the Shatner world of fighting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the double fist. Double fist, was that in the stomach? Yeah. that favourite Shatner one, really. Now, Bond beds four women in this film. Not bad for 
which is not bad going for Vodj, although he, he obviously you don't see much of it. And clearly he gets dominated by uh, Mayday in, in one thing it is. But as Bond is always, uh, uh, one thing you can always guarantee on Bond, he's always good locations. And Pete, you wanted to mention oh, a little yeah. bit about that, the location for this. And again, the, the, the thing I love about Bond and the thing you, you kind of grow up with Bond is um, it makes you want to experience the world. Mm. It makes you want to travel. And when it was... Uh, when it, it came out in book form in the 1950s, people loved it because it was an escape from that real mm. drudgery, the post-war, still with rationing going on, and suddenly you were being transported into these impossible locations, foreign locations. Mm. And as you go through, I mean, some of the early scenes of Dr. No, um, and indeed uh, Indy Live and Let Die, so many of those have airport scenes in Yeah. Um, to communicate the glamour of flying. Mm, yeah. And it's interesting as you go through and, and foreign travel becomes much more accessible. Yeah, it goes you, away, you, you it? see fewer and fewer airport scenes because we all know now yeah. what an airport looks like. Mm. But to be able to go to an airport in 1962 yeah, yeah. Yeah. was something was something strange and weird. But obviously it's then um, gone through to, well, here's the next Bond film coming up. Where are we going to film? Mm. In a certain, in a lot of industries and a lot of uh, places, you'll be probably talking to the tourist board or the mm. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the city council. You'll get a bond of these that. places. There'll mm. be lots of places that want to want to be in a bond film. Mm. But in terms of really iconic locations, you've got two in this film, which are um, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. yeah, and the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things which are enduring, and they're faithful, and they're still there. People will visit them because yeah. they've seen them in films just like this. And one. I think that's why a lot of Bond now has lost a lot of its USP, hasn't it? That all films do that now. You watch The Bourne Identity, that was all over the world. Mission mm. Impossible. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is the one. That is how Bond. Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. But that's how Bond's should mm. be now, shouldn't they? Yeah. If they're going to do a Bond now, mm. right, they've got to make it so spectacular. But the probably now the bonds come along. They're not nothing can beat Mission Impossible. Yeah, you know, I was you know that last one. I Dead got my wife Fallout. Yeah, Fallout? my wife had never saw any Mission Impossible. Okay. She goes, I want to watch that because I've heard about the stunts. Okay. Afterwards, she thought, My God, I, I can't believe they did that in that stunt. Mm. Yeah, but that's what you should be saying about Bond. Yeah. When's the last time you saw that in a Bond? So I went, Oh my God! But don't I've never seen that, that before. It's I mean, like, just like everything else. The last the last Mission Impossible film, which is the title I can't remember. Um, that was Dead Reckoning. Dead, Dead Reckoning Part, insane, part One. Insane. Did not do very well at the ah. box office, right? And it's the first time that's happened. And I think I think it's, it's brilliant. Nothing to do with Birmingham. Yeah, it's not to Birmingham, but you know, <laughs> Birmingham playing Dubai. But also the trouble is, is that you name me the plot of that film, but you can name the stunts. The train coming off the bridge. Uh, the stunts uh, Tom are Cruise's, insane, in it? Tom, Tom Cruise's bike thing off the thing, which you know he did. You've got you know the, all this kind of stuff, but you don't. But can you remember the storyline? Well, no, it's about some... Uh, it's AI, but they're not after the AI, they're after the key. Mm. And that's the big problem with that film. But it's all about they're looking for a fucking key. Yeah. yeah. How's that AI? It's like... It, like there was, they'd spent so much time on the the mechanics of the film, which mm. are amazing. Like I said, they forgot about the narrative. And you're right, I don't know what it was about. No. Like, they're just looking for... Like we've talked about this, like all films now, they're looking for some shiny, shiny shit. See, so they put a shiny so thing There's something it. looking for... Like Marvel, every Marvel film now, there's some shiny thing they're after yeah. it now. And if they're going to get away from that, they're going to have it... And I think that's the problem why Bond hasn't got... It hasn't got the... Mission Impossible hasn't got the depth of Bond. Mm. And but I think but, that's but, the problem. But the Bourne films did have the depth of it, which, but of course, the, the one thing that we, we said during watching this is we just wanted one of the last times you had a little bit of humour 
in Bond, and I love humour in Bond. Yeah, but whether it be a quip, whether it be a, a double entendre, whatever, something like that, that's what makes Bond good. And from there's a little bit in Pierce Brosnan stuff, like you know, every Christmas, you know, yeah, but the Christmas jokes are too obvious there. Yeah, they are too obvious. But going back to locations for a second, where Could you do? would you like to see Bond that hasn't been he hasn't been before? I know one place where Australia. Red my mind. Right. That's a point. Very rare filming. It's too expensive. No, it's not though, because that's Australia, what it used to be. Didn't yeah. it? The one with that Australia, like what Britain. The reason why we have so much films done in Britain, in Pinewood, in Shepparton, in doing all those kind of stuff, is because there's a tax break in filming. I'm not too sure if that still happens there, but it did. I think it does. Yeah. And Australia does well. You look at a lot of films, and at the end of it, it'll say like like with Quebec and go. Oh, well, Canada's Canada. the one there, isn't it? Most well, of a lot of them. You look at like some of the Thor films and that. It'll say Australia. Yeah, that was done there, wasn't it? Yeah, you could do it. I mean, I know, I know, as well. Uh, so you heard, oh, yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a very you're not, man. You're not really allowed to film, man. But well, you could what, film past what, it. What iconic, you know, Sydney Opera House. It's yeah. it, what iconic. Well, you could have him skiing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put some more skiing in. Put some more skiing in it. Because yeah, yeah, right. the snowboarding in Iceland, let's face it, because the film starts off with oh. Iceland, in Iceland, although not one of the main cast was in Iceland. Yeah, I mean, so, so, so yeah, supposed to be Siberia, obviously not Siberia, no. but yeah, it had that glacier look oh. on yeah, it, yeah, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, um, yeah. And, and like you said, uh, lots of it was Roger Moore uh, mm. dressed up in fluff uh, <laughs> against a green screen. In a broom cupboard. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in Shepparton, where would they, yeah, no, no. Or, yes, you've got me picturing now Daniel Craig <laughs> going down there's rock Is that the, the most offensive? Is there most important yeah. spiritual spiritual place? And there's, and there's <laughs> loads of machine guns going off. Hey, look at the other going, <laughs> Yeah, the other <laughs> that'd clearly be the bad guy, isn't it? That'd be clearly, he gave you stereotype you could possibly yeah, do. Yeah, oh, yeah, why did he be up there with skis in the first? Just in case. <laughs> just in case. He's standboarding. That's what he's doing. No, what's the film where he's got the pop out ones? That's a Marvel one, isn't it? I can't uh, think what it is now. It's, it's like a gadget on his feet and the skis come out. I can't think what it is now. Oh, no, I couldn't have that. No, they couldn't have that. No, you're getting into us. We're getting into Austin Powers all the while, aren't we? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, and you're right. That that spoiled it for for a, for, for a lot of Bond films from this point on because yeah, okay, uh, Austin Powers was kind of mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll say sort of ninety seven. So uh, you'd you'd had Goldeneye by that point, but I don't yeah. think you'd quite had any, any more of the Pierce Brosnan ones. And also by this point, we're getting up to the point where. Octopussy was, uh, and yeah. the Living Daylights is a named mm. Fleming short yeah. story, yeah, yeah, yeah. admittedly. But you're running out of original source material, mm. and yeah, of, of course you've got that huge cinema competition pressure of look out, it's Arnie and Sylvester Stallone yeah, yeah, and yeah, Bruce yeah. Willis are yeah. the ones who are helming all of the big budget stuff. Mm. It's like, what do we do? Do we stick with the classic spy caper? Or do we do we go try and go head to head with mm. um, with with the big boys? And the Timothy Dalton films were a sign of them trying to do a lot more big, yeah, yeah big in, um, impressive stunts. But it took you away from the spy mastering mm. that Fleming gave us. Yeah, well, it was sort of more like we talked before like the Daltons were like about twenty years before the time, really, weren't that? that yeah. That had this like broke, because he was a bit broken, isn't he? In mm. there, like, like the yeah, like with Daniel Craig, that he was like. He was complex and psychopathic, wasn't he? And I think 
Yeah, yeah, to start off with. To start with, yeah. <laughs> and the, but then this, that's what they wanted to. We said if we took the tickets in, all right, that, that's how we want Bond to be. And we all thought, this is it. This mm. is a modern Bond. It's got Jason Bourne in him. Mm. He can fight, but he gets hurt. Which was the best thing about it. He's like a bit like a wounded lion a lot yeah. of the time. He's got problems. He can't deal with people. He's not very good. And then they got away from that when he was like a Superman again, didn't they? Yeah, literally in the next film. <laughs> literally, Quantum of Solace come along. I can take all fun. the punishment you give me and he wouldn't even have a dent in my face where, because I know what, he's battered. Yeah, and he gets his balls battered in that yeah. as well. And he's in he's hospitalised. Well, he wouldn't be the toughest months. man in the world, would he? No. And that's my, my I always had that little problem with Bond. Mm. You know, I sort of have a problem with this, sort of a Jason, with Reacher. Right. I like Reacher, mm. but I'm getting a bit bored now that every single person you can meet, you can beat up. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, and I, I thought, am I going to get bored with it? I like someone. I like a hit. Didn't this why we like Bruce Willis? Yeah. Right? Mm. He can't, he's oh, not Because tough. at the end of he's Die Hard, tough. he's like, he's bloody, he's not feet tough. torn apart. And... Like, why would a cop naturally be that hard? Did you, did you not think they did that with a little bit of Die Hard, though, as well, as the films went on? It kind of like became sort of. It's like, like an injury. I don't like that. I like a, like a baddie who can. I just like Lazenby. Mm. I like Lazenby a lot. Mm. Because he, he never thought he was completely. He was suave. Mm. But he didn't think he was like really. So he'd take a punch as well, wouldn't he? Take one to give one and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then I don't like my bun being like some martial artist. I, I don't want that from the bun. No. Bourne was a lot like that. Bourne getting a fight. But he got, he got he beat up as well, didn't mm. he? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the thing with this film as well because, um, as you know, I, I was I always look out for stuntmen in in this film. Because well, this is what you're talking about. The wor- it's the worst film. I'd probably say, apart from when William oh, yeah, Shatner yeah. has somebody with a massive afro in Star Trek, which I think has got exaggerated by us over the years. Hmm. But this does has the worst yeah, matching yeah. stuntman ever in any any film, not just Bond. Mm. any film where it's you can see well straight away yeah, I've been it's... listening to Meds talk about this since about 12 yeah. <laughs> so listeners this is like think of 40 years of this <laughs> but this but this is because they don't, you can tell and it's laughable to the point where it takes you out no of the no film. no it's so bad that's the problem it's the little car drive it's half the car driving around yeah oh no I, I mean I hate but that but could a car do that Again, again, it's kind of cute. Um, Could it? You're well, more the mechanical man. The pro- the problem that they had, as I yeah, read up about that scene, uh, because that's a little a little Renault mm. taxi that gets that's top chopped off. Yeah. Not a problem. But then when oh. it but then when it gets hit from the back and magically comes completely in half, like yeah, a yeah. bit of toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. It's like it has has perforations yeah, yeah. down right. the middle. Unless it had a cut and shut job before, yeah. which was a big thing in the 80s, weren't it? So Ordinarily, the problem with that would be the fact that the fuel tank would have gone with the back yeah. end. Yeah, yeah all right. Um, but... To to get that scene possible, I think that they they just they just installed a small fuel tank in the front of the car, mm. and because it was front wheel drive, yeah, yeah, yeah problem. To do it. But it's it so silly. It, it wasn't it's, there. It's silly though, isn't it? It is silly. And again, it's it's one of those things of uh, you mentioned during the film. It's like yeah, there's very little point having an alias. Mm. When you turn up somewhere, when you've been, yeah, you've literally been on the news a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lot. Whether you've been in Paris, I mean, yeah, God help you in in today's day and age where everybody's got a film camera in their pro- in their pocket. Mm. But even then, you know, yeah. it, it's set in places where there are tourists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you are, yeah, yeah. You are driving. You're driving half Instagram, the car. wouldn't that? Yeah. yeah. Look at that man driving that little car down there. And Bond would probably be on Twitter. 
or yeah. X oh, he'd, or yeah. on Facebook. He'd be trending. <laughs> he'd be trending <laughs> He's here again, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he gives a false name, but only the last part of his name. Yeah, Strong or something like that. Stock. Stock. James Stock. Yeah. He's, he's a good. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a bit, it's a good start after the the chases because it's the same stunt team. The bit on the, the Italian the, the jump, good. But and the jump is a mile apart from the platform. Okay, here's, it could be arse tagging it out. Here's the thing for you: the half car driving around in Paris, or the car gondola in oh, Venice, no, which no. is which is the worst. Well, um, yeah, the, I, I would say the gondola. Uh, I think. In terms of best, mm, yeah. best because it got the pigeon double take. Yeah. Love the pigeon oh, double take. Is, yeah. is the is the 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 gondola hovercraft. But again, this is this is where you had to take Bond to go you know, seventy stories higher than mm. anything else that yeah. was out there on the market, mm. and it did go silly. And it you know it went, but it went. It's gone through these waves yeah. where. Where with you know, where with an invisible car or a car you can drive with your phone with the the Pierce Brosnan years it went mm. silly again. Um, yeah. It's like the yeah there, there are lots of lines which even though that bomb difficult. as we were saying that right that bomb invisible car the start of that film is so fucking Dine, tough. Dine of a die it has is the so best tough. The I'm best in stuff. prison. Yeah. I'm getting battered. I've got long I'm, hair. I'm starting to realise that I'm just a pawn for the. British Secret Service. I don't like him anymore. But you know, in that fail, apart from the first part, that die another day fails, is as soon as he walks into the hotel and they know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, he's been on the news. Yeah, yeah. He's been on the news again. All the time. That's that's when he fails. Now, I I often wonder that with stuff like the 80s bombs, uh, up to to this film, do you think now the silliness of it was because of how shit the world, I mean, we think the world's shit at the moment, but. You know, then we had there was the Cold, Cold War, War going on. It was really a hot war then. Yeah, in Britain, then we had the scenario of the minor strikes going on, Tory overpowering of mm. privatisation of everything. Mm. Apart from like loads of money kind of scenarios that we had, it wasn't really a great time to be in. And I often wonder with the, the slight silliness in these films was to take us away from the realism of what well, you could have done a Bond film easily set in Cold War. Could easily have done Bond, you know, going over that. In fact, what we do in this film. We have the KGB, we have General Golgo, who gives him an award. Yeah, yeah. At the end of it, so it's almost like that thing of, look, yeah. actually, we like the Russians here. We has there been, be getting a, bon- on with has there been a Bond in Russia? Uh, yeah, it wasn't um, uh, Gosman. Oh, it wasn't um, Golden like that. There, that was St. Petersburg. Petersburg. Oh, that's St. Oh, Petersburg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so not with the, sta- with the statue See, on the tank. Yes. That's what you should make next yeah, on your yeah, model yeah. making. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I'd like one in Moscow. If you're talking about a world city... Mm. Right, that's famous, but you'd probably never, never, maybe not now. Well, well not be Putin in charge, no, not be. But I think if you did one now, it'd be really good. Yeah. And you're talking about somewhere that's really iconic. Mm. Everyone yeah, knows them basilicas. Everyone knows them. Because there have been so many places. I mean, yeah, Istanbul, the Grand Bazaar. Yeah. You've got Rio. Mm. Um, have they done one in South Africa? Well, in Af- any kind of Africa part. Oh, continents of Africa. Uh, well, yes, probably not northern Egypt. part, Egypt, of course. Egypt, yeah, yeah, Canada. yeah, because yeah, the pyramids yeah. again, incredibly iconic. So people will go to oh, the yeah, pyramids and of course they've seen, done, they've done, um, they've seen Bond there. Oh god, yeah, the Daniel Craig on, wasn't it? Where he's driving through all the streets. So they've done yeah. that. Right, China, uh, Great Wall, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, yeah. ah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think is more Hong Kong. More but, Hong Kong, but Great Wall. Yeah, Great Wall. You could, you're not allowed to film under that. Yeah, Evil Can Evil jumped over it. 
Yeah, I suppose he's not. Uh, and David Copperfield yeah, walked through it. Did he? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did David Copperfield walk through it? They walked through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he did. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But that would be a good thing. But I don't think you're ever going to get the chance to. Reach I don't know. China's a weird place because I think like the young people. Mm. The, the what so Hollywood half of the fifty percent their market now is China. Yeah. So I, I think the younger people are so. Well, even though it's a communist state, it's, they're quite worldly. Yeah. You go everywhere. There's Chinese people everywhere now. In the so what about Canada? What, what what is there iconic? Yeah, you got this. You got the, the, the no. You got the tower in. You got the Toronto ski. No, that's it's not. It's in Vancouver, isn't it? The CN Tower. Mm. Is that Toronto or is that Vancouver? One of the two. One of somebody let us know. I don't think there's been a Bond film in Canada, has there? No, I mean, although Canada's famous for its its very generous tax break exactly, as well. Yeah, well like the the yeah, X Files was filmed in. Well, yeah, most yeah, of yeah. isn't most of my Marvel stuff is done in Toronto, mm. isn't it? Surprise me, yeah. yeah. Now go back to the film. Yeah. I mean, the whole plot of this basically is for designed to kind of destroy Silicon Valley. So it is a bit of a rehash of Goldfinger when you think about it, because Goldfinger's whole plan was. That's to... what's looking at a lot, lot of the people's negative. Is that saying yeah. basically it's just the same film? It's a very, very similar storyline in it, and and the fact that, but it. Again, it's very secondary to what's going on. Nothing makes sense for what Zorin's doing. The, the whole racehorse thing. It is, no, the story, it doesn't matter about the, the, I think this I is think, what happened with Bonds. I don't mm. think it really mattered then. It was, it was about the stunts and the... It, yeah. it, it brings brings the whole eugenics and the experimentation. And it brings Doctor Carl's character into it, yeah. um, and so it's the race race horses and the engineering on people, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Zorin on there. But yeah, it, there's there's so many other elements you'd really want it to concentrate on yeah. rather than rather than that, because there was a lot of time spent in just on the outskirts yeah, of Paris yeah. looking at horses. Yeah, yeah. that's a, a bit of elongated that scene. There's no need for that scene to be on because they're the some of the weaker. Well, it is because you've got two sections of the whole. This what the trouble is with it is the fact that you've got all this stuff about Zion. First of all, we see Ascot and all that, so you've got some nice filming going on there. People with nice hats on, and the horse being really quick at the end. So that's clearly a thing with the injection for the superpowers kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But actually, the whole film is about him flooding Silicon Valley, and 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 you think, well, what what was that all about with the horse? What is it about him being like genetically? Built basically, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. and it makes not a blind bit of difference to the whole of the film. Yeah, so they're giving the blonde air to be like, a, you know, an Aryan, an Superman. Aryan Superman. Yeah, should have so, gone down that route. Yeah, because they don't. Has no. there ever been Nazis in? I mean, avert Nazis in a Bond? Mm. You, you would have thought of Ian Fleming, who dealt with the Nazis. Why did he ever write and really avert? I don't sort know. of neo-Nazi. I'm not talking neo-Nazi like skinheads. I'm talking like proper I think, I don't political think... neo-Nazis. I'm wondering if Rosa Klebb wasn't an East German yeah. assassin. Um, so that she, she, she was she was Connery's era, wasn't she? You think you might... I mean, I'm not too sure because I'm still, I'm still going through the Fleming books. Because <laughs> you would have thought moment, there would have been. Because surely when he was young, that was the uh, yeah, uber-villain. Would he not be too, would never been a villain too, like it. From Fleming's point of view, though, would it not be too obvious because the fact that when he started writing the Bond books, it was only like 15 years after the war, hmm. isn't it, really? So but then again, why is there so many war films made in the 1950s then? That's propaganda, isn't it? Well, no, there's people films. like... It was the you know biggest thing in human history. You're going to be interested mm. in it. Yeah, it's relatable. It's yeah, like, but it's like why? Why still? There's a lot of yeah. uh, dramas coming out now yeah. that talk about COVID. Yeah, mm. yeah, um, because it's cultural. It becomes culture, yeah. doesn't it? It's part of the culture now. You're right. Because yeah, most of us are sick of it and yeah. don't want to reach into it. But equally, there's a lot of stories that come out of that, and you know, it's it's debatable whether whether it was something which we triumphed against because 
most mm. of us are still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if it was like the, one of the biggest tragedies, it, but um, there's the, there are so many works being put out right now. There's the new ITV. There's new money about like the that, hospital, yeah. Um, which are probably going to shape people's memory. Yeah, we haven't had any COVID horrors yet. That that'd be the thing when you get into exploitation. Mm. I always think of exploitation and think of horror. Right, and I, there must be out there. Well, 28 days later. Yeah, exactly. Like there that, must be COVID horrors. There must be. Well, I suppose the deaths of COVID is always seen. You know, because right. you think if you're... Don't say, right, horror films are great if you put six people or seven people, but how many people, and lock them in a room, like the thing, like whatever. The thing. Yeah, I'll just This is that, the great... Now, you? you've got lockdown. If you want to lock... You've got the thing then. The people are not allowed out the age. You can do low-budget horror films in mm. COVID. Yeah. I wouldn't think it was made during that. I mean, because I think there must have been. Because yeah, I thought about that. I, I think me and you had that conversation at one point. So, you know, we could get into Birmingham now and, and film like stuff and, and well, doing the filmmaking. Edgar Wright did it, didn't he? On for um, the one, he, you know, his 60s one. Oh, in... Um, oh, my God. But... All them scenes, he went round and filmed, didn't they, for yeah. the empty, deserted streets? Oh, last night in Soho. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. he did. At the end, isn't it? All them mm. empty street or Soho because he was saying what Soho's like now. Yeah, that's a great film, I love that film. <laughs> anyway, going back to you, yeah. Pete, you, you, you going to say something? I think, yeah, the, 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 the whole, yeah, we were talking about Christopher Walken as Zorin and um, his, yeah, I, th- I think he's, he is still underused in this. He's a big influence on it and he mm. kind of drives things forward, but... But equally, there's very few scenes where he's really flexing himself. No, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, there's there's a lot of, as you say, those those kind of echoes of Goldfinger, where he's got the big the, yeah. the big table yeah. on board the airship and the yeah. model, which shows his plan. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. like Love a model. copy and paste from Goldfinger. Yeah, it's exactly the same, yeah. Um, and one of the things which we also said oh, during the film is that, is that, yeah, he's a hands-on kind of guy. Two of the top people in this, including the other side, are hands-on, mm. really at a high level. You know, head of the KGB and all head of the thing driving around in a car. It's like, yeah. like it, you know, that's how it, an agency don't work like that. Yeah, because Zorin picks up May Day after she's come <laughs> off the boat in Paris. And, mm. and he, he also turns up when... Bond and Stacey are sniffing around City Hall as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He turns up. It's like, why have you not sent one of your goons? You're, you're <laughs> micromanaging the situation, yeah, yeah. Max. Yeah. Which well, doesn't, have, doesn't seem very superior. If that was Austin Powers, now he'd flip, you know, go back to where the goons are and have them yeah. just sitting there and watching the telly thinking, yeah. this is easy money. <laughs> what do I pay you for? <laughs> <laughs> also, I think as well with Zion is that the, the, the one bit where he kind of comes across as the person in charge is actually at the the, the auction event for the horses, which we don't mm. see any of that, by the way, I should point out, and the garden party where Bond's sniffing about. Uh, and the way he says, get get her away from him mm-hmm. to Mayday. And then Mayday just pops in, in, the, in the middle of the conversation. But I like the fact that he commands that scene really well. And he does come across as pretty psychotic. You know, he's a proper psychopath. In yeah, but that, you don't mind a boss being in that environment. Yeah. Because that's... That's his elites. domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he'd be with other elites. But mm. when it's down on the... And he's doing the jobs lower than the goons are doing, mm. what's the what's the point in hiring them? Like I said, it's like all them people at the end when who are shoot, working in that thing. Yeah. What? What? But that's... that's what, how would you apply for that job? Then the job agency going, do you want to work for uh, a supervillain? Yeah. Do you want to dig an hole out and put a bomb in it? Oh, it's got to be good. It's got to be great. Let's see if... <laughs> yeah, because all of them, because I always thought originally that like, they didn't really know what they were, they were just there to make a mind. Look at the 
working out. Dig in the mine and all this kind of stuff. But then when I... When but the guy, I'm going to go. There's a big bomb there. I am. Um, I'm getting in touch with my union. This <laughs> you know, they should have had Fred Dibner doing it. He never used dynamite. It would have been all right. But the thing is, is that um, when the guy to him goes, they've been loyal to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the, the flip-off line. Yeah, yeah. It's like they've been loyal to you. So there's an awful lot of people there that have either been promised a lot of money or yeah, yeah, there's yeah. been lies going on. Or maybe the foreman was under the impression it was something totally different. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's anything to think of. But mm. Roger Moore was, was very much against that. That scene of Zion shooting everybody. It, it didn't make any sense because it's a good scene because he's mental. But what? Mm. Yeah, it really does show. And there's a very sinister aspect to his character, which again, you know, you could make more of, but it would be a darker film as a result. Mm. And it wouldn't. It, I think this was the problem they're having with this. It wouldn't. It was such a dark character. Yeah. The but they kept it PG, him. didn't they? So. Yeah, and I think that was the problem they had. But I think they could. I don't know. They could have had a bit more why he was why why he was like I said. You could have gone back. Like again, you could have it. What we talked about with Freecore. You could show him as a young man being moulded into this hmm. person, and you could have had him back. You're know, being a kid and having you no know, love, and that's what you'd do now, wouldn't you? You'd have him. He'd make you know because then it was still a sketch of a baddie, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Scott, like we said. A lot of the baddies got scars on the face. Yeah, you know you can't Slightly get away from that. people. The, the the jockeys that were chasing him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. There's definitely an echo where Zorin's machine gunning the workers in the mine, <laughs> and where Famke Janssen in Goldeneye mm. starts machine gunning all of those workers in the satellite station. Yeah, there is. I think. I, th- I think you know you can probably trace this down shot for shot in mm. in in Bond history really, where it's like yeah. Insane baddie goes a bit nuts and shoots a load mm. of people, but the the fact that the pair of them derives so much clear pleasure from it, yeah, is, yeah. is both delicious dramatically and yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really telling of character as well. I mean, also like, I mentioned it to you when we were, we should point out we we've just watched the film. Yeah, this is <laughs> not all our memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I mean, we just watched it. But I think I mentioned it to you guys that during the whole of this film, apart from when Bond's got the shotgun with the rock salt in it, he does not use his gun in no, time, throughout it, the whole. Uh, of you film. know, I'd never I never even think about that to you. Uh, yeah, he does not shoot anybody and, and I don't like it yeah, he's a yeah but the fact he, that you don't notice it though is oh something no, else he's a killer he's he a, is a killer. killer yeah but I mean the only person he kills I think really is Zorin at the end and so he doesn't kill Zorin either you he think about it Zorin lo- he just loses he doesn't yeah it doesn't help him so he just literally yeah but that's that's even more psychopathic really it's like yeah but, oh. why, but Moore's done that before though because he did it with the um, the chap who funny enough is in uh, the film we're going to do with Ray um, the bad guy in uh, Life Force yeah. who, uh, who, who, who commits suicide in real life yeah. he Bond kicks the car off the ledge oh, of the cliff yes yes okay yeah, yeah yeah so that's again another one of the things where you know the car ultimately the thing that does but he starts it off doesn't he that's, that's, <laughs> that's the, like that's yeah that's I only pressed the button <laughs> There's a few series, there's a few scenes in this where, yeah, Bond really comes over very, um, very stern mm. and very authoritarian in the face of what, what Zorin's doing. And, you know, there's a few points where he really does, does look quite cross yeah, with yeah. him. Um, which I think is probably, yeah, yeah, considering the body count. And again, we could be bargaining with the film censors mm. here. Go, yeah, exactly, yeah. We've got one psychopath this side, so we're going to have Bond not really shoot too many people in the face, please. It was a heavily censored period in the mid-80s, was. It really I mean, it was. was. Yeah, well, I think you've nailed it there, though, where you've got Zomin who's doing... You want him to be the bad guy for the whole of it, and you you want more, you know, Bond to be the good guy. I I funny enough, when we was watching, I was there going, I don't remember, don't remember this, but for some reason I don't know. I think the reason is because... 
when we watched it in Brisbane and when we were sort of about <laughs> seven or eight You're times, I think. Well, one slowly getting drunk, yeah. But then it always seemed to be the, the, the <laughs> always seemed to be the horses scene that seemed I seemed to remember. But the lift scene where it's on fire, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was was a great bit of action actually in this film. I, I quite enjoyed it with the fire and the not Roger stuntman. That was, um, I think it was worthy of one of the scenes in Die Hard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I thought. Well, it was that had a great lift shaft bit in that mm. film, anyway, doesn't it? When yeah. he falls down, the, it's a yeah. great bit that is. Oh, that is a great bit. Impossible. Yeah, but but there we go. Oh yeah, completely <laughs> impossible. <laughs> completely, your arms would be pulled out of this. The conclusion <laughs> to this film, we've we've made a you know just upset basically because he goes I thought that creep loved me oh, no, which is so uh, just, oh, well they, take, they took all the power away from her didn't they yeah. they give her all this power she's an independent nutter mm. <laughs> right? she's, and then no I'm not I still have that I need the yeah, price no. of a man yeah but, oh, but no 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 you think about it though she, she turns around and says I thought he loved me she doesn't turn around and say that I loved him because she puts up that fight during the bit where he gets on top of her and tries kissing her. Mm. So, she, But the fact that the, her letdown is the fact she could have jumped off that. Yeah, yeah. She could have let it come out of the mine, away from the, the dynamite, jumped off, give him the finger, yeah. the fuck you, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then let it blow up. Yeah, yeah. She don't. She just stands yeah, yeah, yeah. there like... Yeah. Yeah, look and the again bonds up that one. <laughs> well, he looks, for, he looks for the head and then he comes out and looks at that one. That hair, which we pointed out, <laughs> indestructible afro she's got. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's like when I said, I did say, listeners, I said, how come Grace Jones's hair has got back to normal? Kelter has it, strongest hair in the world. Of course it is. <laughs> but he, I mean, again, that's like what Danny uh, Danny Aiello is it? Danny Aiello in uh, Hudson Hawk. Oh yeah. yeah when yeah. he gets blown up, he insisted his hair was in perfect, <laughs> perfect condition. Like when I do the black, the Clint Eastwood things, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You know yeah. about Clint Eastwood. Serge Leone said about Clint Eastwood. His acting style isn't he got to with a hat without. <laughs> <laughs> And when he was doing Where Eagles Dare, he refused to wear a German helmet. And that's what, because of his hair was too good. And he said that was his greatest point as an actor. So all that film is the only one who never wears a hat. He does and have a good Richard hair, Burton was going mental about it. He said, he's a German, so do you wear that? No, Peter didn't have to wear that hat. And that's why his hat's from the 60s. His hair's from the 60s. Yeah, he's a great bouffant. That's, that's, that's Clint Eastwood, isn't it? There's an awful lot of hairspray at work <laughs> yeah, in yeah. this film. There is a lot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, Chris Walken's hair in this is... Yeah, because if he would have gone head first, he would have survived that fall. See? He's fucking laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what'd you make of the Golden Gate Bridge fight? It's good. Is it good? I, I know. I, I, I like so it. Silly. I like it. It's... Uh, at least he's up there. Well, no, he's he? not. Yeah, Never. He must have gone there. Well, the stuntman was up there, but I think Roger Moore did go up there. No, Roger it? weren't on the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> no. neither, neither was Christopher Walken, and neither oh. was your monocle man. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he was stuntman on there, but it was a good fight, I thought. Yeah, really. and again, it's it, uh, the film has kind of three endings mm. in a way. You've yeah, got yeah. The, the the rescue from City Hall with the fire truck, mm. which is. Um, which is pretty pretty dramatic, and there's plenty of films that would that would call that yeah. the ending. Mm. Um, then you've got the mine and the explosion, and then mm. oh bloody hell, here's more. Here's, yeah. here's the Golden Gate Bridge and a, and a bloody great big airship. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a struggle. There's the bit with the shot down all the way down that thick mm. wire where the two you know, where uh, Bond and Zorin are struggling back and forth. It's like yeah, that is really that is really quite something. 
Um, and it's yeah, it, it's again you're in a in a brilliant location, yeah, and yeah. that's that that that's the final that's the final battle yeah, going yeah. on. It's a bit unsatisfying, like like that he he eventually slips off. And I know other than I could think of him. But that's, what, but that's what I'm saying though, that throughout the whole of this film Bond doesn't kill anybody mm, and mm. then you have that and it's kind of like and the fact that he, he laughs you know Zorin's still laughing as he, as, he, as he falls off it's very it's a very 1920s villain it's very in character for him though. yeah yeah. you wouldn't expect anything there's two also, also since we talk about the final scenes mm. you've you got to think that this is the last film for Lois Maxwell who played Moneypenny in, in, since you know this franchise had be, had begun her last scenes actually filmed was actually the, when she's crying at the desk when she thinks Bond's gone so that's a, almost like a genuine kind of thing for her because she suggested that um, either she, you kill Moneypenny off that was one thing or she suggested she becomes M. And the reason why they turned that idea down is they said that they they didn't believe a woman would be thinking, which is ironic then because yeah. Judy Dench becomes yeah. there in, yeah. in literally See, I don't like what the, the money penny and the new ones. No, don't, I don't, don't like it. No, she should be a You're the secretary. Mm. There's not many people who applied for a secretarial job if you're a secret agent like she no. is, like an expert shot. Why mm. would she be doing that? I don't. Look, that's another thing that don't. I think they've got to get back to that core of Bond, haven't mm. they? Modernise the outside of it, but keep the core yeah. iconic. Have you, keep that thing in have there. Have you ever seen a, a suit? The, the, the programme that Mega Marker was in. Bits you know. and bobs. Okay, I, well, I know you were a big fan of that. I'm a big fan yeah. of the first couple of series, but the secretary in that, which is Harvey's secretary, called uh, Donna, um, she is the ultimate secretary. She, she knows what someone's up to just by their suit they wear. They know what things to get straight away. She's literally on, like Money Penny. She's like the Money Penny in the mayor. They should have someone exactly like that. Yeah, and your and skill, you apart from it, they could be cybercrime. Yeah. That's the kind of thing they'd be all over, I think. They wouldn't be just sitting there writing letters, would they? They'd be doing a lot more, but they wouldn't be thinking, right, I've got this in the morning, right, yeah. and then I'm going to the afternoon, I'm going to shoot that person Shoot that in person the after, yeah. Then yeah. I'll be back in the morning for nine... There's also the other thing as well, being like this is, of course, Roger Moore's last Bond film. And the last scene you see, what do you see him do? You remember? Okay, I don't think that. Uh, he's in the shower. He's in the shower. There. And what does he do? Apart from the obvious, but <laughs> what, what, what do you see him do? You'll like it when, when I tell you. No, you see him throwing the towel he over. He throws the towel in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. throws the towel in. He throws the towel in, and that's the good. So you've got Lois Maxwell crying at the end to say goodbye yeah, to her yeah, money, Benny, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've got Roger Moore throwing the towel in. In a, in a shower thing, there's two. In a shower, like, shower yeah, curtains. Yeah. Too, of all right. the things you pick out, is that the shower. <laughs> that, how, how grown up are you now? <laughs> that shower curtain's too low. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been at least higher off. Right the fuck the fuck of shooting, yeah. <laughs> in the face by Max Zorin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His management roles. Anyone? else got anything to chip in before I read some little trivia and then we got the comments from our wonderful listeners. No, but my problem is, right, that what are you talking about is what I don't like about it. The things you're talking about are the silly stuff that don't work more than the stuff that works. And that's my problem with films. And when you're talking about it's so bad it's good. I, well, I, don't think a, a, I don't think this is a bad film though. Mm, I see I, I don't. But why, why do you think it's a bad also in, in not in a massive line, but in just in a few words and not it's shit. Why? Why do you think it's a bad film? What? Why do you think it's it is? too funny? But is it? It's not a laugh out loud funny though, is it? Maybe, it maybe the aerial with, what, with the testicles. If you would have recorded us watching that, then <laughs> what would you get with us going? That bit can't work. Look at that bloody thing. Look at his bloody monocle. I know that's mainly me. That was you. Yeah. Talking no, about a monocle. You talk about wigs and bad stuntmen. <laughs> so. 
This is the and people go. If you didn't know this film, you listened to it the first time. So it's not and go. Bloody hell, that sounds amazing. That film, but we are, no, no, no. but we are. It don't does it so that's no, my But the problem. trouble is though, we are watching this film as reviewers for this film. That's the thing. Is yeah, yeah. normally you wouldn't be sitting there going. No, but live a neck dive. You wouldn't be thinking about the monocle. Thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, won't be, I won't be able to watch this film now. Yeah, thinking, why doesn't he have a piece of string on that monocle? Yeah, 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 he yeah. loses it at one point. And he, yeah, have it tied to his pocket. Yeah, tie, yeah, around the like, like you would do with a, a watch. Because he's in a half blown up finger that who cares about. Do you think this is the, your? Is this your worst Bond film? Yeah. Even more than Die Another Day or No Time to Die? Yeah. No way. Really? I, I, I've never. No, because it, it makes. It, it, I find it quite toothless, mm. right? And I like Bond. So I like Connery's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, I want Bond like, to thinking at any moment it can fucking kill someone. Yeah. Right, Daniel Craig had it, didn't he? Mm. At the beginning. At the beginning. Right, thinking, right, he's not an intellectual. He's a. a what? Well, no, 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 Bond, Bond is an intellectual. I really think he's more like a blunt tool to me. He is, but he's, he's, a still, blunt he's still no. Look, at the end of the day, he disarms bombs and he, you don't just get. Let's get Jeffo off no. the streets here. Well, obviously, <laughs> yeah. It's a, no, but I think when it comes down to it, he's a physical threat. Yeah. He goes out and deals with rival agents. Yeah. And he's he's a, also, you know, he'd kill a woman, which is what I liked about Pierce Brosnan's yeah, one, where he does kill a man. With this, I'm, I always think that it's like, no, it's just like, like a nice old guy going through it all. Yeah. And that's why the... I don't hate it, but mm. it's my least... If I was going to put all the buns on and I had to rate them, Hmm. I'd have top live and let die. Yeah, is that um, all of them or yeah. just live and let die? So live and let die is your favourite Bond yeah, film. Yeah. Okay. Bottom this because right. I think them two films. If you can see our because even in live and let die, we talked about this when we did it right. He's still got the comedy motions, but he's mm. killing people in that. Yeah, but, I know you but, said he didn't like doing it. Did no, he? but he's also made for Connery. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's a bit in that where he goes to break the girl's arm. Now, you, you, you know Connery would break a girl's arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he would. He wouldn't give a shit. He'd nah, break nah, her nah, arm nah. and that's it. With, with Roger's Bond, you don't feel he would do that. And that's because that's Roger's personality. Yeah. But, Pete, what, where, where's this on One you your, for... Because you're, like I said, you're a lot more Bond fa- no, fans yeah. than me. I, I, I'm only sort of like Bond... Mm. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think as a film, I prefer Moonraker among uh, Roger Moore's hmm. films. Um, and I, The Spy of Me, I really like. Yeah. Again, because you've got big locations, yeah, yeah. big collars. Best, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Best opening of a Bond film yeah, 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 ever yeah. still. Really rather, yeah, really rather good. So you, you, you're kind of spoiled for choice. Because, and I'm, I've got... a. Uh, a memory from childhood again, which mm. is we were in, we were coming back from this trip to Scotland where we'd all been taken into the cinema, and we'd all watched the film, and then you know what it's like. You you can probably get that feeling in your head when I say it's the it's late at night. There's the smell on the coach of kind of drying ghouls. <laughs> And there's kids kind of like uh, drifting off to sleep and it's like, oh, you're trying to see where you are and there's rain streaking over the side of the mm-hmm. coach and it's um, sodium streetlights flicking past and you're probably still two or three hours from home and you just want to go home. Yeah. Anyway, young Peter was down on his hands and knees being a bit of a womble and I was picking up crisp packets. Oh. Right, boy. And <laughs> I put all the crisp packets in my bag trimmed off all of the little tokens and sent away for a Smith's Crisps promotional poster of Roger Moore No, on the Eiffel Tower. 
Oh. And I still have it somewhere. I can't put my hand on it. It's yeah. probably back in, a, in, in, in an old family house somewhere. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And it, it's because of that iconography and big growing up and just as, uh, I know, Peter Davison is our doctor, mm-hmm. yeah. then Roger oh. Moore is our Bond. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll rank it really highly. Um, in terms of best Bond film ever, I think I want to say Casino Royale. Mm. Oh, right. okay. Ooh. Mm. So I have a thing of being on a coach as well, but man, even when I was young, he's been sick. <laughs> yeah, I would have been around the crisp bags then. And I also remember dropping my Yorkie chunk in yeah. sick. Yeah. Oh. But do you remember why you were sick? Because I had a bottle take it in the bag. <laughs> and it? I was <laughs> And he was going, Stop the that bottle egg, it's making me feel sick. No, that's a red rag to me because I was just sort of squishing it in his face and in the bar bag. Why did you have a boiled egg? <laughs> and then I remember you being sitting on the way. On the way there as well. Oh my god, that's a wear Bond Simon Davis's uh, NFL jacket. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this this Bond film probably it's in the middle for me. Uh, again, there's in the middle. In the middle, right? <laughs> what? What's that? What? Well, there's only 25 to choose from, so it's not. It's it's What's slower than that? What did he have? No time to die. Uh, I know he's, you've got you've got real my worst real key injections that, to that. That took over from Die Another Day. Um, Quantum of Solace was the Quantum writer's Solace strike, is, so is, it was a certain amount of yeah. 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 Quantum oh, yeah, of Solace is also in the shit. It's got some good bits in it. And Spectre is for me. I don't like Spectre, although mm. I like little bits in it. But the fact that they used the character of Oberhausen, mm. which to me was. Uh, no. Just offensive in my mind, actually. To now, the worst thing in that as well is when he's torturing Bond. Yeah. And then he just gets up and walks off as if nothing's happened. Yeah, I know. Thinking, isn't... you've just been doing this precision laser cutting on you. That's the most painful humans can take. But he can just walk off from it as if there's nothing yeah, wrong with yeah, him. Yeah, it's bollocks. Especially when you had the fact that you had the, the wonderful torture scene in Casino Royale, which was which was ball flinching for anybody. I mean, my favourite Bond film is from Russian with Love. I think it's the ultimate Bond well, film. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah that's, that's number two. It's sneaky Bond. It's spying Bond. Uh, it has the best kind of like co-stars in that film. Best uh, as the Robert Shaw is just superb in it. Yeah. Uh, it there's, there's so much that go on that. Uh, favorite Roger film? I probably got to go for Spy You Love Me. Uh, I do have a so- massive soft spot for Octopussy because it was my first Bond at the cinema, and From Russia Love was my first Bond film I ever saw. Mm. So you know you, you weigh all those up. But mm. I think the thing is, like a bit like Pete was saying about how uh, View to a Kill is nostalgic for him. View to a Kill is nostalgic for me because of our time in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, where we were sitting there and that you know it was a wonderful time to be in Brisbane anyway yeah. we were there for a great reason but there's sometimes there's little things that stand out and, and every time I watch that film I'm thrown back yeah. to the Storybridge Hotel but do you class Never Say Never Again as in part of the it was that on its own no, I do class never say. I, like I, like I love that fight with Pat Roach. It's an amazing well, fight. Mm, uh, mm, mm, oh, apart no. from when Pat Roach dies, yeah, because yeah. he just falls into the back of that cabinet, and then he goes. If they the had some of the glass coming through him, maybe. But the fact that they all just stuck on the back of him. Yeah, but, but again, it does he's the bond. He's getting a shooting in that. He's getting a shooting in that. And, and I like that's why I like yeah. it because he's an older guy. Again, also, I, 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 for never say never again. The, the bit where they're doing the eye thing yeah. with the 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 what's it called the thing that yeah the Scan. The retina scan is uh, yeah. just so scary. And it's got the milkman attack at the beginning. Yeah, got the milk oh, I love that bit as well, where he's got explosive milk. No, that's not. 
That is me. That's not Stop getting Bond wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a <laughs> Living Daylights. That is Living Daylights. Yeah. Okay, I'll get him on one Anyway, should we have a little bit of trivia on here? Um, now, when Stacey, I did mention this when we was watching, but when Stacey comes out of the shack in Silicon Valley wearing a pair of overall coveralls, Bond comments, "Pity you couldn't find one that fits," and Stacey gives him a dirty look. So Roger ad libbed the line, and Tanya Roberts' reaction was genuine. Uh. Roberts had refused to film the scene until the wardrobe department made her a pair of custom-fitted overalls that would look flattering on her. Uh, because she was so <laughs> difficult to work with, director John Glenn decided to leave it in. Uh, yeah, there's not many stars could say that to her, thinking, I want her to have an outfit. <laughs> there's a lot more to put on the eye. Um, the Remy Julien stunt team from France did many of the stunts in the movie but in the San Francisco segment a scene in which Sir Roger Moore was supposed to be driving the fire truck the stunt driver was too short to reach the pedals and properly operate the truck there wasn't much time to rig the truck so Moore volunteered to drive it quite expertly as noted by the local San Francisco teamsters Moore claimed he was a lorry driver among other things before his acting days came along Uh, oh this is the last movie in the franchise in which longtime stuntman Bob Simmons worked on his next to last project ever he sadly died in 1987 so there we go so the stunt works get amazing isn't it oh yeah so we've got some comments on here so I'll I'll read uh, those out so we've got Mark Brockbank he says it's quite a long one so do uh, bear with me Uh, always thought Octopussy was one Oh, hold on a minute, I've lost it now. I've got to read the video ones out first. Uh, Brad Shepard, great villains, bonkers plot, one film too many for Roger, though. I think probably everyone. I think everyone, yeah, that's like an accepted thing, so I can't say that as a. As a cause it ain't his fault, is it? You're not going to turn it down, are you? No, Definitely not at all. You know what I mean? Um, Ollie Peters, he doesn't say anything about the film, but he says that we were recording this on his birthday. Happy birthday, fella. Happy birthday. <laughs> Uh, Mark Bennett, uh, a poor rehash of Goldfinger, great fun but lacking a serious edge. Great soundtrack and great cast but very cheesy. That said, great couple of hours of escapism and that's what it's all about. Funny thing, Kel, you actually mentioned that of how you enjoyed the uh, incidental music throughout the whole of this I, film. Like I said, I love a score and I think it uses it really, really well. I know it's the 80s so you have to have a bloody incidental bit with a saxophone. Because in the 80s, the saxophone was... The saxophone. ...was a big, bloody deal, weren't it? So yeah. uh, I love all that in it, because it sets the mood, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially when he's, he's seduction bit. Oh, yeah, well, no. Well, I think weird, he's, he's aid with the women. But let's move on from that. <laughs> but I like that, because you oh, Because when you were a kid, you thought, oh. Mm. He's yeah, going to do yeah. something, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> if, if, the incidental mu- music's great because if you're stealing around at night trying yeah. not to be seen, it's a bit of flute. If you've got to have it off with a lady, yeah, yeah. saxophone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's gone partridge. Uh, I've got the Mark Brockbank uh, comment back up. Uh, always thought Octopussy was one film too far, and A View to Kill was a step beyond that. It's not just Moore who looks a bit over the hill with Q, Golgo and Moneypenny also knocking on and Patrick McNee turning up. It's starting to resemble the casting for The Last of the Summer Wine espionage special. Grace Jones made a pretty decent, formidable villainess Bond girl and Fiona Fullerton was highly decorative. remember being very impressed by her when I saw this flick at 14. But Tanya Roberts was a bit of a yawn. Walker never quite did it for me as a villain, too cartoonish somehow, and his eventual defeat and demise were underwhelming. There's something peculiarly unexciting about Blimps too. 
You can only assume that airship industries bummed Cubby Broccoli yeah, a few quid to shoehorn in the <laughs> slowest getaway vehicle in one cannon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, Very I look nice. forward to being explained how wrong I am and why. Uh, I wholeheartedly concur with that. Absolutely. The only way it could be worse, as we said during the filming, was if it was just a regular hot air balloon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could only go up or down. Yeah, it's like, where's he going? Well, just follow where the winds go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or have one of those buggies like in Austin Powers where he turns it around and he's tick, 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 tick. Yeah, yeah, that's the greatest three-point turn ever. <laughs> three-point turn ever, yeah. Um, yeah, but every time this is a problem with this film, isn't it? Yeah, we keep going we back keep to Austin back Powers. We keep coming back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Stuart Burgess, two things I remember. Firstly, oh. when it had its TV premiere, it was two hours, then 30 minutes for news at 10, and then back for the last half hour yeah, of the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Secondly, I remember seeing a deleted scene where Bond signed some papers at the French police station and then the signature just exploding. I don't know that. So what? I'm going to have to look that one up. Mm. Uh, Tyler Adams, who does the Goon podcast. Um, first Bond film I saw. I was 11. I went to see it at the <laughs> cinema with an assortment of tearaway rogues. We loved it, I think, going by memory. I have of exiting the theatre in a rowdy rabble, pretending to shoot each other and arguing, <laughs> arguing over who was allowed to play James Bond and who was going to be Grace Jones. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be Grace Jones. So guess who was made to be Grace Jones? Oh, God. Yep, Muggins here. How, oh, how far did the guy... Yeah. <laughs> <very, very, laughs> dangerous territory. <laughs> my, <laughs> my Grace Jones was more Freddie Jones, to be fair. Oh, right, right, right. Marcus Klein got to be Bond, and his Roger Moore impression made Tarantino's Aussie accent in Django Unchanged sound like pure uh, unfiltered Al Stewart. Out of Home and Away by <laughs> Kenneth Patterson. Ah, the memories... The folly of youth. Uh, James Hindley, I asked my mate, who is a bit, who is a big nut of James Bond, uh, as Alan Partridge for his viewers. Here they <laughs> are. Cheers, Mark. Plot one: create an earthquake to flood Silicon Valley equals ridiculous subplot. Two Nazi bioengineered yes. with Zorin equals very good. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken equals excellent, very believable as a psycho with brains and brawn. More. Equals clearly too old. Climbing up the steps of the Eiffel Tower, I'm always expecting some kind of stair lift yeah, that's scene. A, I mean, that's a cracking <laughs> Opening scene, snowboarding to the Beach Boys ruins it. Ooh. If that scene yeah, had been Lazenby, bad. Dalton or Craig, it may have been more believable. But music over the top ruins it. Mm. Soundtrack, one of the better themes, proper 80s tune. Overall, good elements in the film. Moore does all he can, but sadly, it's one movie too much. It's fun as a film, never never not going to exhaust brain having to think about it. <laughs> There's worse Bond films out there, but this is definitely not a top 10 film from the franchise. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Donaldson, as a kid I really liked it, especially the Paris chase scene with Bond in the taxi. Watched the film over the Christmas period and two things stood out for me. The movie wasn't as good as I remembered and the Paris chase scene was a lot shorter than I had remembered. I did like Christopher Walken as Max Owen and I liked Roger Moore as Bond. I wouldn't say A View to a Kill was his worst for me. Moonraker is worse. Mm. Ian Higgins personally I don't mind this particular Bond outing okay more we certainly starting to look very over the hill as a titular main character but that said the ridiculous over the top plot and fantastic villain played by the always brilliant Walken still makes it a thoroughly enjoyable romp Mm. Uh, 
Tom Evans finally. Thumbs up for me as I'm a bit of a Bond fan. Roger is top class in every way if a little too old for the role. It's well cheesy, but who cares when you have such a talented cast? I especially adore the scenes between Roger and Patrick McNee. Great fun and looking forward to the next waffle on. Well, thank you to everyone who took the time to write yeah, on our what Facebook What you can say page. again, that Bond, you do anything with Bond, you get so many people's opinion on it. Yeah. Which is a that, good thing. No, it's a good thing. A I good think that thing. shows you, you know, because I like passion for films, mm. even if you don't like it. Yeah, as long yeah. as you're passionate about why you don't mm. like it, I like that. It's yeah. people are like, this film is definitely not, eh. it's got a lot, you know, you're going to yeah. like it, or a lot of me, you're going to think, my God, what's that about? You're not going to go, mm. eh. a lot of bun films can be a bit like that. Some them ones, God, yeah. Like, eh, yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. That's trouble with the Daniel Craig films. You've yeah. got Casino Oil, which was superbly amazing. And uh, um, then you've got Skyfall, Skyfall which is Magic. equally just as good. Better. And that is it for Daniel Craig. That is it. Totally. Forget it. Forget the rest. And unfortunately, Pierce Brosnan's the same. Goldeneye. Great, that's great. It's great. Really great, great film. film. And then the other the other films are very forgettable to the point where people forget the actual names of the yeah. films. That's the thing. The thing with Roger is because he was one of the longest running bonds, um, there are some absolute stonking films that he did, and all of Sean Connery's are yeah, brilliant, yeah. really. All of them, including Never Say Never Again. So way. it's kind of like, but then again, you know, he only did a few really in the, the long run of it. So yeah. final thoughts, Kel, what's your final thoughts towards this? Mm. No, I said it's. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. No, no, no. But I said no. But a lot of this thing is. I had a sausage sandwich for it. No, right. Yeah, that's good. My favourite part. Uh, but no, but what I like because the point of this podcast, isn't it, is about us looking back on our young selves. Especially 1985, yeah. Right. We said about is such a big 11. I think you're starting to watch films in a different mm. way then. Because I think before then, you just like the fights and that. So yeah. you start appreciating more that stuff and watching it back. I'm more into that thing now where the stuff that's good in it is getting lost with all the stuff that's yeah. not good in it. And when I'm like that with a film, that means I'm not liking it. I'm just trying to like it because I'm not like that with a film. I shouldn't have to like it just because mm. it's a franchise. I like Bond. You like Bond. You like Bond. But I can see what's wrong with it. And this film, there's too much that's wrong in it for me. Mm. That's my yeah. problem. And like I said, well, I probably will never watch this film again. Yeah. I've got no need ever to watch this Would film Would you probably again. watch it if it was on telly? For like a background film? Mm. No, not really? I've done it. I've done it. Fucking. I don't need to make <laughs> Pete, your final thoughts. I think it's a it's a solid classic of the Roger Moore era, and I'll always love it because I got yeah. to see it on the big screen, mm. and not just in the cinema, but in that beautiful bar in Brisbane. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's special to me for a lot of very personal reasons. But equally, again, I'll say it again: the the cast is really really good mm. um, maybe a few missed opportunities to go a bit further into that but it was a fairly long film yeah. as it do you think if they would have done this film 10 years before it might have been different uh, so after they would have done this in 75 mm. yeah you could have gone a bit darker with it I think it would have been 47 or with Timothy Dalton or yeah Mm. I think it would have been really good well I don't think it's what we like about films there's so many what ifs in films yeah. I think that's what makes it mm. interesting doesn't it you think well what if that would have happened what if that would have yeah. happened and there's too much of that in this we too much yeah, I would have yeah, liked yeah. that if he would have done it what about if they did that bit like that when you do it when you criticise a film that much it means they don't like it yeah I think as well he's, he's close to ruining not ruining Bond but he's close to closing Bond down in this film was um, because of the age of Roger 
and it's a bit it's a bit like when Tom Baker was coming towards the end of his Doctor Who people, yeah. people couldn't see a future with Doctor Who because Tom Baker had been the Doctor for nearly 10 years yeah, yeah. you know Roger had done exactly the same in fact he had this was like he was 12 years into the role at this point and you, you know so many people had grown up with watching that there was no other Bond really especially as you said before not many films were put on TV no. you know and a video really was only just coming out from 83 yeah. when video really peaked so it wasn't for that um, we don't know what we do next do we because we decided not to announce it because, no, because we've got, we have lots of things going on we've got lots of going on and we've also got guests coming in and, and like we're having to try and yeah, juggle yeah. people around and move stuff around so but we a big cracker whatever it is to yeah. cook, you know all I can say listeners there's some brilliant films on this list. We should point out as well, because we originally was going to do Life Falls, haven't we? And I've watched it now for the first time and made notes. You've watched it, of course, and yeah. our guest, Dave Ray, has it. watched it. So we just need to link up with him. Uh, but uh, if you aren't on our Facebook page, please come and join us, because that's where we'll announce the next episode so you can get your comments in like our good listeners have on this. So, Pete, thanks for joining us. You will be back again this year with uh, oh, Young Sherlock. Me and you together. Sorry, I believe. Fantastic. We're going to turn him into a fan of Young Sherlock Holmes. Yep, we'll it's do great that. Film. Are we going to do this? Are we going to watch Young Sherlock again like, like this? And then, I suppose it might be. Again. And we'll, we'll buy you the sausage sandwich next time, <laughs> and uh, and we'll watch Young Sherlock and do that if you fancy doing as that. As long as the do. sausage sandwiches don't come alive and start pushing each other into my face. Oh. <laughs> you see, now I can't remember anything because I, I have such. Ooh, we'll get him on I this have one, such man. anger towards that, but we don't know when that's going to be. No, but no, we'll. No. we'll uh, oh, quick question: You're off in your hole soon. Are you going to get a golden eye? Yeah. Um, we're going to try. Oh, I want photos. Send me photos. Yeah, you get there. yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult not to go to, yeah, very lucky that to be off to, what to, is it off to Jamaica. What, what, what? It is a resort. It's a resort now, yeah. But, yeah, you, you can have stay there. You can. Yeah. I did not have that kind of... I was, <laughs> I was in really... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's like it's something like six hundred pounds a night. What? Wow, that's a lot. No, and it's probably quite cold in here as well at night because it's just shutters, isn't it, and all that kind of stuff. No. I mean, there's a there's a whole complex. It's yeah. owned by the guy who owns uh, Island Records, I believe. Now. Oh, and so, okay. um, yeah, hopefully there'll be an opportunity to see a bit of stuff. There may be the opportunity to just just to see a few um, yeah. a few highlights, but but yeah, it's it's a special place for Bond fans. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent stuff. Well, we'll see you all next month for our part three of. Celebrating 1985. That's all for me. Bye. Bye bye. See you next month. Excuse me. Aren't you? Bon. Simon. LeBon. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. <clears throat> Good afternoon. Can I help you? Yes, my name is Bond. James Bond. I'm looking for Dr. Goodhead. You just found her. A woman. Your powers of observation do you credit, Mr. Bond.